Hello, everyone. I am really excited to share this podcast episode with you and talk about the negative and the positive archetypes that drive our business either forward or backwards. So what are the archetypes? You know, they are they're sort of like identities and some of them we are incarnate here with and we cannot get away from it because it's part of our destiny. Right. For me, it's the rebel, the visionary, you know, the entrepreneur, um, you know, the adventurer, whatever you have um, for. Uh, you know, but then you have the negative archetypes like the victim, the rescuer, the prosecutor, the martyr um, that really can get you in a jail that you cannot get out of. Right. So um, there is lots and lots and lots of there's indefinite number of archetypes. There's so many of them. And there's a lot of people who are doing this research. Um, you know, I have been focusing the last few years researching the negative archetypes, the mental jails that I want to free you out of. There is people like Carolyn Miss. Uh, you know, Carl Jung was the kind of the father of archetypes, but then you, um, Carolyn Miss, who's doing a lot of really good work on research on the, uh, on the more positive side of things and how they can be truly beneficial to embrace who you are and let go of that, which you're not. So, uh, today I'm going to want to bring that into perspective, right? The archetypes can be really, really, really extremely beneficial and even crucial to your spiritual evolution to understand that. So I want to talk you through. Um, there's so many negative archetypes, but I want to talk you through some of the ones that you might be stuck in and uh, to see where you what you recognize yourself in so you can sort of start dissolving it, right? So the first thing, ay, yeah, yeah, you guys are not going to like it, but it's the victim, right? And we say, oh, I'm not the victim. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an empowered woman and da, 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 da. But it's such a part of our nature to be victimized somewhere, somehow, in some places of our lives, we can we almost can't get away from it. You know, it's going to show up somewhere, right? So what you need to ask yourself, if the victim doesn't resonate with you, then ask yourself, are you at the effect of something? Are you at the effect of what the industry is going to do, what the war is going to do, or effect of your feelings? You know, what are you being run by? What do you give power away to? You know, where do you, where do you betray yourself? Where do you um, not own fully who you are. Where do you not manifest? Is it around your money, around your business, or is it in relationships, around your finances? Where do you go from manifest to back down to victim, right? So there's several types of victims. The, the first one is sort of like the victim of business circumstances, right? And it's, it's when we start just sort of assigning blame to the out there-ness. Oh, it's my coach. Or it's the coaching program that didn't deliver for me. Oh, it's the the tactic was wrong. Or it was my team. They didn't uh, they didn't show up. Or it was my clients. You know, they didn't do the work. I pulled in the wrong client. You know, maybe it was the wrong niching. You know, I shouldn't have gone there. It was the wrong idea. You know, something. We're blaming for something. Then the other ways that victims show us, victims show up is looking for the magic bullet. A magical something, a magical somebody who's going to come in and rescue and save you. A lot of people do it with their coaches. They're looking for the silver bullet and they don't get it because it's not the coach. The coach can help you see where you're being victimized, where you're not taking your full own power, but the coach is not there to help you to, to grow that business for you. Right. But we're looking for that for the, that silver bullet blueprint formula, whatever that is going to be the answer when everything else failed. Right. Um. You know, um, some people do it with their team, 
right? Some people are looking for the perfect salesperson. You know, they find that perfect commissions only salesperson. They get so excited about that. Like this is going to be the thing that is going to save them, right? Or the magical VA that is going to come and do the legion for us so that we don't have to be sending the DMs, right? Or the magical business partner. Oh my God, how many times do people give power away to business partners? It's like every time I see somebody looking for a business partner, I'm like, where's this coming from? Is this, and most of the times it's coming from somebody who save them, rescue them, do the things they don't want to do, or the, do the things they don't think they're good at, like networking or being on a camera or whatever, or, you know, some, some part of business that they're really not comfortable in. So they sort of like hope that's going to really save them. Right. So, and I've done this before, no judgment guys. I've had a business partner before. It just really didn't go to well, didn't go well. And I ended up, you know, it was my second restaurant in Arizona and it failed miserably and I pay the price of my disempowered own decision making but I didn't trust myself or believe in myself that I could do this alone okay so I was looking for the rescuer the savior the the person who has what I don't have okay so you know there's no magic bullet there is no magic bullet there is just you and you stepping into your full power and letting go of every part of victim in your body and looking for the right team member the right whatever the right coach or the right something the right business partner is you know, it's so, so essential to, uh, to grow through that and to really own that there's nobody coming to save you, own your power 1000% and move forward in your business. Okay. So, um, you know, literally the victim, how this breaks down, that there's always some kind of feeling betrayed, you know, just, just look at your life right now. If there's anything that you're feeling betrayed about, who or what do you think that betrayed you? You know, that's a, usually the first indication, whether it's the coach or whether it's the employee or whether it's the partner, whoever. That's the, your first indication that you are not fully empowered in your first place. That's why you're feeling betrayed, right? And when we surrender that, there's usually just like wanting to get something from them. There's usually some kind of like, why can't they just fulfill on their, why can't fulfill on their end of the bargain? Why can't they just give me the attention that I need? Why can't they just give me the validation, their approval and the respect or whatever I think I need, right? Then there's usually underneath when people surrender that, there's usually a lot of sadness that comes through. There's a lot of like grief and there's a lot of self-pity that comes for people. By the way, all of this I teach you guys because I have that too. We all have that. Like me and my clients, we sit with this and we just, oh my God, how do we not see this, you know? We look at this together and we do the work together, surrendering this, yes. And then there's usually, as always, with any ego structure, any archetype, there's always, always, always shame on the bottom. You know, I've muscle tested these things so many times. You know, I used to have a partner, which by the way, who by the way, was the biological partner, uh, father of my baby. And the one thing I give him so, so, so much credit for was the, the, the research that we did together on these ego structures back in the day. It was just hugely, um, you know, it's just something that I still refer to, however, you know, feel about his departure and, you know, all that, all that other stuff. Right. But it was just this, uh, you know, when we did this research together on these archetypes, you know, what we got to in our research was this, this this realization that there's shame at the bottom of every single one of these archetypes it is driven by shame Whew. so there's always some kind of i'm unlovable i'm worthless i'm a piece of trash i'm nothing i'm no one you know kind of feeling but you cannot feel the feeling until you break down 
the feeling betrayed, the betrayal, the anger, the the first, you know, that that disempowered, you know, the self-pity, the wanting to get something that we don't think we have, you know, wanting to get love, the attention from from other human beings, right? So the other version, the other way the victim shows up is the princess and the king, the knight, sorry, the princess and the knight. Good Lord, I cannot tell you how many times I played that out in my relationships. And I was just listening to Carolyn Miss's book and she, she called this out and I was like, wow. You know, it's this, is this girl story. It's like, is there one person, just one, who's going to come and take care of me in my relationships, you know? And we just, we just meet this guy and they love us and they just give us so much attention. They just really, you know, so attentive. I'm like, oh, found my night. It's so nice. And then two months later, you know, they took you off that pedestal and you're like, oops, never mind. I'm on my own again. <laughs> you know, I guess like they stop giving you all the crazy over attention, you know, and they're like, all right, so we're back to, we're back to square one. So anyway, and the, the knights out there, they kind of can feel that they can find their, they will pick out their victimized princess in a room of 200 people. They will find that victimized princess, you know? So that was very interesting because some knights, some, some gentlemen just have this like, you know, sixth sense for this, you know? So, so, so I tend to attract them because I'm like, ah, the princess come and save me. You know, I still have that within me as a very empowered woman in relationships. It's like, oh god i did it again so anyway and don't fall for the princess it's just it's literally just a myth you know it's 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 caroline this is caroline mrs thing that's not my thing this is like she calls it a myth it's a princess myth it's this construct of the collective ego that somebody you know should come and save us it's like all the fairy tales you know somebody's coming and saving you it's like the dirty dancing movie you know which i love so 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 much it's like anyway baby in the corner comes and gets rescued you know so good but uh you know it's time to move past that you know so uh so the princess and the king you know um or there's the child who just wants the attention right it's like which is it, it showed up so strongly in my business but just really really wanting the applause and the validation and and you know just wanting people to nod whenever I talk, like, just want them to nod. Do you ever, do you ever, when you talk, just want them, everybody to nod? You know what I'm talking about, right? And when they give you the RBF, which stands for the resting bitch face, <laughs> sorry for the words, but you guys know what that means, right? You just sort of like, uh, get really insecure and you don't know if there's anybody listening. So, so as long as you're not, they're nodding, you're good. But, you know, this change of perspective I had to have that I want you to have is like, it's the nodding is actually the opposite. If, if everybody's nodding, then you're in trouble because you look uncomfortable and they're just trying to save you and rescue you. See what I mean? When everybody's giving you the RBF, that's because they are in their own journey. They're processing. They're processing. They're there in their journey. They don't care about you. You disappeared for them and that's the best thing you can hope for your audience, okay? So anyway, so we just kind of briefly covered the victim and it's a process. It's a big release process to let that go because you got to work through the layers of the victim. And there's like five or six that really get you hooked to the whole structure of the victim. Right? So for that, for that detail, you guys want to work with me, you guys got to work with me and join the visionary circle because we're going to be doing some of the dissolution work in there. Right. So the second thing, the second one is the caregiver. Some people it's like name different things, the caretaker, the caregiver. Um, 
it's the archetype and it has a it has a bright side it has a light side it has a dark side right so um you know the bright side is the the caregivers the people who are always there to help they're the helpers they're the supporters they're the people they're, they're wonderful they're amazing they're always there to be there for you they'll help you move they'll help you with this and that and the other they'll they'll be supportive they will listen they will just be there for you you know when i moved here to nosara um this is a dear friend of mine and he is a former life firefighter and a police which is of course he is right of course he is and it was just one of those people and i always felt guilty like why is he helping me so much because it's in his blood you know, it was in his blood to like, okay, we'll help you move, we'll help we'll introduce you to all the people, like we'll help you with this and I'll find you housing. It's just like amazing, you know, it's it's in their blood. It, what makes them happy? They're just running around wanting to help people, you know. Now he's the real estate agent. Of course he is because he wants to help people find their homes. <laughs> you can do it for a living, right? So um, just amazing. So now the downside, the dark side of the caregivers is the rescuer or the martyr. Right? So the rescuers is when your caretaking gets to the level where you're actually disempowering people, you're taking their power away, you're making them weaker. Think about you. Has there, you know, when you were on the receiving side of this, have you ever been in a situation where you have been rescued for so long that you actually feel weak? You have somebody who is taking care of you for so long that you actually weakened you because you are not pushed into stepping into your own power. You know, I see this a lot with my friends, for example, who have been, um, you know, who have been supported by their husbands who worked and the, the friends who didn't work, you know, and they were supported by even, you know, the people from a little bit more privileged background. This is not judgmental by any chance it actually is a life lesson that they have to move through right they it's like I, I was just talking recently to one of my friends who comes from a very privileged family you know everybody got a car on their new car on their 16th birthday that was the thing right and then they uh you know then uh she's supported by her uh, her parents you know there's trust funds and all this and and there is uh there is a thing with that is that it disempowers you when you receive so much rescuing your whole life and so much, uh, almost too much help, it disempowers you and you end up, you know, whatever age, and then you figure out, oh, now I have to provide for myself and they've never done it before. And it becomes really, really difficult because there's no self-trust in that. You see, I hope you guys are seeing this. I have uh, another dear friend of mine who's paying his xy 14 years of alimony and i'm like do you know how disempowering this is to her you know do you do you understand like i know you want to be supportive and all that but do you understand that you know we're not going to say no to a financial support you know what i mean like hey if you want to pay me 14 years of alimony i'll take it but then like it disempowers us so much without us even realizing it because we need to know that we can uh stand on our own two feet you know so it can be very very disempowering if we're gonna have to eventually do it if not you want to support us for the rest of our lives hey i'll take it you know if there's anybody of you listeners who wants to send me money i'll probably accept it so <laughs> i can just be a mom with lexi and 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 do that and not have to worry about making money although nah probably not i probably wouldn't enjoy it but um so so that's you know what it looks like to be on the receiving end of all this rescuing I'll, i hope you guys see that right so don't 
fall into the rescuer when you know that the person you're actually helping is actually becoming weaker because they're being dependent on you. Don't make anybody dependent on you. I hope that makes sense. Then the martyr is another shadow of this. The martyr is very interesting. Um, I fell into this in the past where this was actually when I was running my first restaurant and I would work and work and work and work and work and I would work harder than anybody so that nobody would complain, <laughs> which is really crazy. I was the sacrificial martyr so that nobody had anything on me. I'm going to work harder than anybody so that I can be then resentful about it, which I was. But, you know, mostly I just didn't want to feel guilty about making anybody work anything close to as hard as I worked because I've always had a lot of stamina. I've always had a lot of energy. Actually, less lately because I'm going through so much transformation. But but during my earlier years, I could work 20 hours a day and be fine, you know, for, for years. But, you know, that went away to a certain extent, to a large extent, actually. But But then I was abusing myself. Because I didn't want, uh, you know, I didn't want to feel guilty about making anybody else work hard. I couldn't hold them accountable or I didn't want them to complain. So just, you know, something we have to be super, super conscious of, sacrificing ourselves and then be resentful about it, right? So what do we cover? Victim, rescuer, martyr, prosecutor. This is part of the classic Cartman drama triangle. So the prosecutor is sort of the annoyed waiting to happen, right? There's the indignation, there's the scoffing, there's this, you know, why can't they just be on time? Why can't they just do their job? Like, it's just like annoyed waiting to happen, right? Um, I'm just going to do it myself, you know? It's just like, I'm not going to wait for you to, like, you know, I'm not going to even train you because it's just going to take too long. I'm just going to do it myself, you know? It's that kind of energy. Uh, it's, it's sort of already anticipates that people are going to mess it up around you. So you'll just do it yourself. You're going to be pissed about it. And that's kind kind of how you operate this, these energies, right? Talked about this so many times and I'm bringing this up again because it's probably showing up in your life because it does tend to show up, you know, whether it's in relationships, when you argue, there's somebody who's going to play the victim, somebody's going to play the rescuer, there's somebody who's going to play the prosecutors, right? Those three energies, they're all about the same in its free, in their frequency, seem equally bad, you know, not bad, but you know, that they're in the field of, um, it, it, they're in the negative field. They're in the destructive, mildly, mildly destructive field, right? So you're going to have to look at where you're playing into these energies, where you're playing even slightly so, even slightly so, even tinily a victim, or where you're just helping a little bit too much where somebody is becoming dependent on you, right? Because that there is consequences to that, right, for them and for you, because you're going to be on the receiving end of it. So to experience that, to learn from it. And where are you playing the prosecutor? We're just making people wrong. We're just the annoyed waiting to happen, right? So kind of have to like look for yourself where this is and start entang this, this entangling this whole thing, right? There's a bunch of other energies. You know, there's the anxious, the needy, the avoidant, the little dictator, the fixer, the authoritarian, the warrior, the super, the, the superwoman, the bother, the seeker. Um, there's just some of the archetypes that I've, I've uh, done research on that I bring forth in my programs to sort of set people free 
And there's a bunch of other that I don't call archetypes that are more like mindset holdbacks that happens, like mental jails that happen. There's like 24 of them total. You know, it seems like a lot, but you know, the, it's, it's the journey of freeing ourselves. Right. And that's, that's the work that, you know, then we do in, in, uh, in my programs. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's like kind of have to actually go within and see this for yourself and sense this for yourself and, and start dissolving it in the uh, emotional and energetic field. Because just telling yourself, okay, I'm going to decide to not be a victim. That is never going to work. That is never going to work. Right. Because it is not enough to just decide and set intention. <coughs> Excuse me, guys there is um the whole addiction addiction to the drama of it and to the energy of it why well number one you have been wired that way i've done it enough times where now the 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 brain has organized in a way where that's a preferred um way of reacting right number two it's there's a huge uh benefit there's a huge payoff to this and that it's always protecting you from something. When you get pissed, it's protecting you from the lower emotions and protecting you from feeling the neediness and the helplessness and the powerlessness and the uncertainty and the sadness and the self-pity and the shame, right? So there's always, it's protecting you from something that is the payoff and there's the benefit. Therefore, to actually move past this, you have to not just make a decision, conscious decision, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going beyond the victim. I'm done with this. But then you have to go in and dissolve the addictive energy of that. You have to go in and emotionally process every day over that. And that's work, right? You can sort of uh, do some quantum level clearing on that too. But there's like the, the wiring, the hard wiring of the brain that needs to be rewired. And there's the emotional addiction that needs to be, um, that needs to be dissolved. Anyway, at least in my experience, and it's not hard. It's a lot of the a lot of the emotional uh, the emotional release process that we use, uh, but yeah, this is what there's to do. So, you know, um, I give you sort of like the taste of it, and there's like so much more to this. But anyway, I hope this was helpful, guys. Um, just get you something to think about, and again, invitation, invitation. You know, next step for you if you don't know if you like us or not. Uh, jump on our, uh, on the webinar we do. I'm going to put the registration link below where I literally walk you through the process and I walk you through the six superpowers and I you walk you through the business building blocks and I show you how you blend uh, the emotional release work and the healing work and the getting yourselves out of these mental jails with building your business. And, uh, you know, and at the end, we usually hold an info session where we answer questions and we uh, tell people how they can work with us or... Uh, if you want to bypass that, we are launching an amazing new program. I cannot even tell you. It's uh, right now offered to founder, founding members at a discounted price. It's going to double in, in a couple months. So if you want to um, if you want to jump in on that, I really, 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 really recommend if you have been sort of waiting in the sidelines and be like, I don't know if I want to work with you or not. Like it's 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 an, it's an incredible opportunity. And because it's a new program, you know, in my current programs, I didn't even have time to sit with, you know, except our highest level mastermind. I wasn't doing one-to-one -one with people because a program got a little bit too big, you know, for a while. And 
Uh, and I really love having my eyes on people's business. I really miss that. So I'm like, consciously, I really want to invite just a handful of people in. I think we have five spots open for founding members and um, really have, be able to get my eyes on their business. So book a call with us if that speaks to you. And because our, our first class is literally kicking off in a week. So I uh, would love to uh, get one of my team members on the phone with you. So get yourself booked. And uh, I cannot uh, wait to see you and hopefully work with you in the future or see you in our Zoominar or webinar, whichever one of those works for you. See you guys.